everybody and welcome back to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Del Piccolo. And this is episode 9. Incredibly, it's episode 9 already. I can't believe it. We're one more to go until we hit 10. And I was originally only ever going to release an episode once every two to four weeks. But it seems at the moment that we've been been getting through guests and uh, the guests I've had on so far have been great in, uh, in agreeing to meet me sometimes on quite short notice. So yeah, so here we are, uh, one episode short of episode 10. So hope everyone's enjoying the show. Um, and it brings me to my first point, actually, which is uh, this next week, uh, there won't be a, a show released next weekend because my kids are on half term. I've got a fairly busy week coming up. And next weekend, I'm traveling over to Wales to take place in the Hocker Half Marathon, uh, which is, I think it's in the Afan National Park, which is about 40 minutes uh, northwestish of Cardiff, um, so really looking forward to that. Taking the family along with me for a few days, uh, so we're visiting uh, some family in Wales who have just uh, had a, had a new baby. So it's all exciting times. But yeah, there will be a week a week's gap, which I guess is good in one way because it allows everyone to catch up on some of the episodes uh, that you may not have finished or may not have listened to yet. So how's everyone's training been this week? The weather has been interesting. We've had a storm Kiara last weekend, uh, and this weekend where I'm doing the recording f- uh, for the intro for this show, uh, we've just had, or had probably had the worst of storm Dennis. Um, it's Sunday today, and I've just been out for a run along the seafront, and it's nothing like it was last week Sunday, that's for sure. Storm Kiara last week did not disappoint. Um, I went out on Sunday at high tide, and ran along the front uh, and it was quite interesting because there were quite a few people out there just walking around uh, taking footage and photos and things but to run in it was was an experience and it reminds me of a mantra that I kind of have with the running and that is often that these kind of conditions you would normally avoid you know when you're when you're just at work or having just a standard weekend out and you're in normal clothes uh, and you would never consider going out in them if you do go out in them um, during a run it's just absolutely refreshing and revitalizing and it really makes you feel alive so so often the thing that you would most avoid can produce the most fun and the same even applies down at a more granular level you know often if you're out on a run or, or certainly if, if I am and I'm on the trail and I'm just running along and just enjoying myself enjoying the views and a huge puddle comes up rather than avoid it sometimes going straight through the middle of it is just it's just brilliant uh, you know really I, I, I don't know what it is about it obviously you get dirty and your shoes get dirty but that's fine you can clean everything afterwards you can clean your legs but there's just something really really enjoyable about you know going through the puddle sometimes rather than over it or around it and speaking of the storms uh, I just I thought it would be a good idea to to give a shout out to all the parkrun teams in the area because the teams and the RDs and the and the event directors in particular have a really really difficult time sometimes of making that decision to call off park runs. And I know with the storms that have been around for the last couple of weeks, um, there's been quite a few called off. And it's really disappointing when it happens. But most of the time, most people really um, go with the decision and they're they're quite happy when that happens. Um, But it is a difficult decision to make uh, because you often, as a run director or or an event director, are are sitting there looking outside thinking, well, you know, I'd run in it. I think it's going to be okay to run in. And you're never quite sure um, whether or not to make that call. But... You know, thinking about everything and safety is, uh, is you know, you're wearing a complete, a completely different hat because you've got to consider everything. 
Um, and I've got a personal experience with this um, through uh, being a run director and event director at one of the junior parkruns. Uh, and that is, you know, you can look outside and think, yeah, it's it's a little bit windy and it's and it's raining and, you know, it, the juniors will be fine running. But you've got to consider fences, uh, you've got to consider, consider uh, sticks and branches and trees uh, falling over and bushes and things that can be blowing around the course. Um, and often, you know, with the kids being so small, uh, kids being blown around themselves and, and being pushed into each other. So... Yeah, it's it's a difficult call to make sometimes, but well done to all the teams out there who who do that and uh, you know keep the communication open with everyone and keep everyone informed through the weekend. So, but I know yesterday Southie Park Run uh, went ahead because they were down there earlier on uh, at about at about eight to half eight in the morning, checking in the conditions and stuff. So that was a really really good call as well. So thank you to all the teams out there that do all that hard work with the park runs. Now before I switch over to the interview. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to um, a sports shop which I've used uh, quite a few times over the last couple of years um, and it's Alton Sports uh, who specialize in running gear and running clothes and shoes uh, and they stock loads and loads of gadgets as well and anything you know all the way through to nutrition options and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, they offer like gait analysis services uh, and they do uh, pretty important other services like bra fittings um, and they've got an immense selection uh, of over 15 different shoe brands. Um, and I often describe the stores to my friends as uh, kind of like the Aladdin's cave of the running world. Because you go inside the shops and they make such good use of their floor space that there's often, you know, as a shopping experience in itself, you can spend quite a while in the store trying things on and having a look at all the different products and stuff. So, yeah, really, really good shopping experience. Um, we're quite lucky in the South because we've got a couple of stores. Um, in fact, there's three stores if you count Alton itself. Um, but we've got one over in Eastleigh that I use because it's close to where I work, so I can often get in and out of the shop quick, uh, quickly and conveniently. Uh, and there's also one in, I think it's Stokes Road down in Gosport. So, yeah, if you're looking for any running gear and stuff, I can highly recommend the teams there. Uh, a lot of them are all runners themselves. Um, yeah, very, very friendly service, very, very helpful. So, yeah, Alton Sports, worth a shout. And now, my guest for this week is Rob Piggott. And most of you will know Rob uh, because he organizes uh, most of the races that happen in Portsmouth, from the Coastal Marathon and Coastal 50Ks, all the way through to lots of the, the fun themed runs, like St. Patrick's Day Run, the Ghost Run that takes place in November, which I have yet to do, but I'm very, very keen to go through with my son uh, and run later on this year. So yeah, Rob had a fantastic chat with Rob. He's had such a diverse um, career from being a chef in the Navy all the way through to being a PT and obviously now organizing lots of races and events for everyone in the city. Uh, Rob's a fantastic guy. He's got a lot of energy. Um, he always remains so, so calm during his races. For those of you who know Rob, uh, you go over and chat to him during race day and you expect him to be pulling his hair out and stuff, but he just sits back and, and relaxes and calms. So he's, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's a calming influence himself, but he's got a lot of passion for Portsmouth. Um, he does a lot for everyone. He does a lot for the runners in Portsmouth. So yeah, great guy to chat to um, and hope you enjoy the interview. And as I said earlier, we'll be recording episode 10 in a couple of weeks time. So that gives everyone a chance to catch up uh, and listen to some of the episodes that you may not have yet finished um, or you haven't had a chance to listen to yet. So um, until then, uh, and as always, enjoy your running and wishing you all happy miles. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me along. It's been 
uh, I've been interesting to, to listen to the podcasts that you've been doing there. I think they've been fantastic to, to get to know a lot of the people in the local area. I think it's really good. So Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's my turn. Yeah. On the hot seat. Like I was saying earlier, it was just Portsmouth just had such a, like a connected and well-connected running community of awesome people and uh, race organisers like yourself. So it's, yeah, it's just been good to kind of hear their story and kind of find out a little bit more about... Um, about I guess it's kind of like unmasking or, or demystifying the uh, the people behind the races. I guess in yeah, your for case. sure. And there's so many of them, so many different characters within the city, which is brilliant. I think it, it makes for a, a better atmosphere at events because everyone's got their own little in, individual mm. niche and, and and reason why they're there to do the run. So absolutely. That's it's really really good. So how, how's twenty twenty been so far? Twenty twenty is believe and achieves twentieth year birthday. Woo-hoo. So we've made it to twenty years brilliant. of independentness, mm-hmm. which is brilliant. So, um, gosh, twenty years. That's a twenty that's, years. That's a long time. That's a lot of PT, a lot of races, a lot wow. of PT, a lot of changes in direction of where the business is going, uh, uh, and obviously the demand for the events that we do. Mm. So that's that's how it's grown. Mm. Have you have you been planning anything like I guess? In particularly special for 2020 uh, the cockle show heroes was the one for july which will be our first kind of summer event really we're, we're kind of put off from doing events on the seafront during the summer months so okay. hence we stick to the to the colder months mm. is that uh, because there's so, like, so much stuff going there's on? so much going on on the seafront so we're kind of mm. push it away but uh, if we do anything like that we'll do it to the north of the city or from the water sports center so it's okay. a bit different like that do you, I, I guess you're always in touch with like portsmouth city council anyway so yeah they, all the time yeah. so you have to give them a, a, a good bit of notice with regards to the events that you're doing so a year in advance that's how i work mm. okay t- t- tell us just out of interest a little bit about the cockleshell heroes cause... well cockleshell heroes is obviously based the guys trained for the cockleshell heroes in portsmouth at the barracks in their kayaks uh, uh, and everything so i thought it was you know, a lot of my events are based around the history of Portsmouth and how it's all come about. Mm. So this was an idea, and obviously I'm a bit of a kayaker. Yep, and we, we like everyone to, knows that. <laughs> the multi-sport side of things uh, is important to give people a bit of a different option. You know, mm. you, you might not have a swimmer as a triathlon, but they might want to get on a tri uh, on a kayak and have a go. So yeah, you got these mad runners who want to do lots of six 12 hour runs so let's throw in a bit of a curveball and say you've got to do a two mile kayak in the middle which these guys had to do in the middle of the night it's nothing really yep. we'll let you go with the tide you know you'd get there in the interview you just sat there so you could just sit in the boat and exactly have a cup of tea take on your snacks brilliant have you had much take up uh, on the race so far yeah we're up to about 50 so if i can get to 150 people i'll be more than happy it's going to be right. a very laid back affair down by the by the hailing island ferry so mm-hmm. they'll get the ferry across to the other side and they'll run around the hank langston harbour loop which is a lovely okay. 24k loop um the kayak option will be there for them yep i have a safety boat on the water so they'll be well looked after and i would hope that the 26th of july will be a nice sunny calm flat day uh, yeah, with no storm dennis's or roderick's or whatever no, throwing in. this week has been terrible <laughs> it's been so bad we've got more other. coming haven't we yeah. as well so. dennis is on his way yep well, I went out there earlier, and uh, yeah, it feels like he's already here. So yeah. it must be him, his uh, distant cousin or something, <laughs> coming in first. But yeah, not looking forward to it. So, um, so, so how does that like, the Cockleshell Heroes event that you're, that you're putting on? It's um, how how will the format work then with the two mile kayak involved? So basically, we'll get everyone to start running to start off with. So they have six or twelve hours. They can do one loop, they can do two loops, or they can just carry on going. We'll kind of gauge it on the numbers with regards to when we 
give them the option to do the kayaks obviously we've only got a certain amount of kayaks mm -hmm. um, and then they'll add up that little bit extra from the water sports center or if it's uh, vice versa coming the other way with the tide so it'll just add up their mileage okay and how long do you think a two mile kayak would take somebody to do uh, so a two mile kayak with the tide anything from 45 minutes to an hour okay so it's not yeah, so it's not, not a long it's, time it's in not there, a long yeah. time because obviously I, I, I was if you go the right way yeah that's true I was interested in the race myself, and uh, I thought when I saw the kayaking, I was like, "Oh, no, I don't Your know if kayaking I can do that. skills are not that good." No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I might be better off swimming, I think. So, um, Rob, you were also a couple of weeks ago. We um, I bumped into you at the national running show. Indeed, yeah, we we thought it'd be nice to kind of showcase believe and achieve at the national running show, uh, just to see what it's all about. Obviously, the local guys from Eglove and Runa were obviously yes. had, had been there. Uh, in previous events and, and said it was uh, an up and growing show because it's only the mm. third year that they've done it um, so yeah you get to mix with the big boys and, and we had a good response to people coming to see us and obviously showcasing the, the medals and everything that we do so it was nice to have a weekend yeah. away something different in January because we don't do anything in January so okay. it's a, a year of planning just to mm. get it right and we can use utilise that and, and take it forward from there really so yeah it was a good show a good experience overall then nice to meet all the, the nice, all, yeah, yeah nice to meet all the suppliers the the other race event organizers the people that just go out and run so you know the people who come up from Portsmouth to say hello and yeah. put their hand in the fruit salad surprise drawer and oh, pull themselves out of marathon place but they've only ever run a 10k you know <laughs> <laughs> took, took me about five seconds to finish those sweets I drew. There you go. So why did you have 10 goes <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Did you have a like a social event in the evening as well? In between? Yeah, we went to the uh, the networking dinner. Um, so all the kind of celebrities are there. Were Laz Lake was there. Did you Did you get to chat to him? Dawn did yes, because obviously okay. myself and Dawn were married in Nashville, mm. which is only fifteen miles from where he lives and where obviously the the Barclays Marathon is based. Yep. So Dawn had a good old chat with him. And, ah, right. Uh, he never goes into Nashville now. It's not not his scene. It's too. Too commercialised. Right. I can imagine him being kind of like out in the sticks kind of, yeah, kind of guy. Yeah, country and western, isn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, I, 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 we saw him walking and he was being kind of dragged through the crowds to um, to go to the stage. And Jason Skiro, who I was with, said, said, get a photo now. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to disturb him. And Jason kind of like forced me into it. So I managed to say hello to him. And I called him the, um, I said, it's, it's lovely to meet the Stephen King of the ultra running world. Cause it is, yeah. He, he creates some true horrors. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, it's a wonderful story, that, isn't it? You know, about the prisoner who tried to escape and mm. and kept on running but got nowhere so fascinating history, fascinating yeah. story about yeah. it yeah so that, that um makes your events look tame because i'm um, going to start hanging books out and uh, you've got to rip the pages out yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. idea crawling through the brand there any books left there. <laughs> <laughs> excellent um how was your portsmouth half recently portsmouth half was good obviously we had uh, the rain beforehand which yet again soaked the course nicely oh. as with all professional football matches they always soak the pitch beforehand yep. um, so that made it extra special this year the bog of doom was not disappointing at all at say, the yeah. mile 11 so everyone totally enjoyed that there mm. was a few people I heard that did take the escape route they pussyfooted around the which, which route did they take then? well instead of going across Bransby Park they go around the outside ah because there's a footpath because there's a nice right. footpath That's there right. so obviously the local knowledge yeah not getting your foot wet that's disqualification from my point of view. yeah i'm gonna have to put a camera up there next year <laughs> only kidding um what, what was the winning time out of out of uh, 118 it's rapid isn't he it? was i was struggling i mean lead bike no one took the mantle on that one because it's a tough tough job yeah you guarantee that the the lead runner will be fast he'll catch you on the muddy beach because trying to ride a bike on the muddy beach is just 
how do you do how do you do that do you have to you have to get a little bit of a head okay. and then put it into a really low gear and hope that you don't get stuck yeah, and then you have you... to lift your bike up the other end to get over to the thatched oh, house so he overtook me mm-hmm. I caught him up by the time we got to the monument flags on, on Milton yeah obviously got up to the water sports center that's absolutely caked in mud totally wet I wore my Doc Martins for the first time <laughs> to ride the bike because I knew I was going to get wet uh, Roy who was at the water station at the water sports centre said oh you're in the lead you're in the lead because normally I'm second or third on okay. the bike um, back down the eastern road was fine around Milton Common then obviously then the, the fun starts because obviously you have to come back down onto the beach and up into Bransby Park so what mm. I do is I key the marshals up to take the runners through Okay. And I hot tail it down Loxway Road and through Ironbridge Lane to try and get to Bransby Park before he comes through. Right. No, I hadn't done it. He'd gone through already. Wow. He was that fast. Right. He was a navy, a navy runner, so okay. he was he was good. Right. That wasn't that wasn't Adam Bind Adam Bind Jones, was it? Actually, no? somebody. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously I keyed the marshals up. They knew what to do, and I just met him at the entrance to Bransby Park and went back round onto the seafront. And and yet again riding your bike into the wind on the seafront is not favourable no. at all no. you're better off running it I managed to hold on until mm-hmm. the pier and then he just took me and I was puffed and I was second pretty impressive isn't it <laughs> I mean, the I've done a few rides like the St. St. David's Day fun run into yep. the wind and it's just you're just going nowhere on a bike mm. it, I dread to think what the duathlon people in a couple of weeks are thinking oh, no. <laughs> that's, in, that's in a few weeks time isn't next it? weekend yeah first oh, one right. of the series okay Expecting a busy, uh, a busy it's one for that. Then sold out. Yeah, really. Yeah. Wow. So I, I noticed recently. I don't know if you've done it very recently, but you've got a new website as well. Yeah. So we've updated the website. Obviously, the the PT side of things for me is kind of not as much now because the events have taken over. Mm-hmm. So it's important to prioritise where obviously things are working. Um, yep. So I've done my you know twenty years of PT. I've trained a lot of people over the years mm-hmm. uh, to do a whole manner of different things yeah we'll probably come on to that later on yeah, yeah um so yeah a nice fresh new website easy to manage uh, to look after it looks really we, nice yeah. we can update it with the events just click the button into the event that's what most people mm. want to do you don't have to have so much jargon on there because half the time people don't read anything anyway that's true well i think it's a little bit more friendly on the mobile than your website so it's um, yeah. yeah it's really yeah. really good i think it's I think it's been a very very good addition um yeah i mean your events are just like so popular in Portsmouth and, and obviously you do so many of them you're probably the main race organiser around Portsmouth so um, yeah I think all your event, your events are, are taken up really really nicely and you get such a wide range of runners as well you get fast people you get slower people it's it's just inclusive so I think I think what you do with the races is absolutely brilliant um, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about Believe and Achieve and, and the coaching you've done a little bit later but um, just to kind of peel away a little bit and maybe start drawing some kind of timeline as I always say um I'd like to find out a little bit about young Rob and, and, and young what he Rob. was like. So let's start with where you grew up and stuff. Okay, so I was born and bred in a little village called Item, which has a pronunciation of I-G-H-T-H-E-M, which is Ictham. Ictham, okay. right, yeah. I-T-E-M. Um, there's a little village just outside Seven Oaks in Kent. Obviously, Seven Oaks has only got one oaks because in 87, the six oak trees fell down around the cricket green, so there was only <laughs> okay. one. So it's yeah. one oaks. One oaks. <laughs> I like that. Um, so yeah, I was in the village, uh, had a wonderful childhood, very active, playing football, playing cricket, riding the bike round, mm-hmm. you know, ended up doing paper rounds. My dad was a carpenter in the in the local 
um, builders firm so I used to work with him got jobs working for them serving petrol dug two graves wow um, good money in grave digging um, <laughs> never had I say work. paper rounds and just generally been very very active okay. uh, as a child and, and thoroughly enjoyed it what, what school did you go to? It was a wilderness school for boys uh, just outside Sevenoaks. So it was a, a five mile bus journey. Lots of sports. Uh, Lots of sports in those days, yeah. Athletics, sports, cricket. Um, so yeah, you were two or three times a week you were doing sports. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Was that, was that like within the school hours? or That's within the school hours, yeah. That was okay. within the school hours. And then we used to come home, have tea, and go out. And uh, okay. get called in when it was dark, you know. All right. Yeah. Very good. Um, so, so tell us about the other sports that you played and um, what kind of, uh, you said you mentioned uh, football. Yeah, so football was pretty good standard at football. Uh, played for the village team and obviously then when I left to join the Navy in, in 1980, obviously continued it from there as well. Okay, so sport has obviously played played a, a big part of your life of yeah. your life from, from early on then. Yeah, That's really for good. sure. Did you have any kind of favourite sport as a child? Or I mean, obviously football was a big thing. You always it? competing against your friends football-wise. Yes. Um, my dad was an Arsenal fan, so I always rebelled against him and supported QPR. Okay. The unfashionable <laughs> team of West London. So you know. Good, healthy competition. In 76, they were good, but at the moment, they're just not. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you still, still support them? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Frustratingly. Brilliant. So you you mentioned your paper rounds earlier. Did that kind of um, include some running and stuff, trying to get yep. around it as quickly as possible? Yeah, there was obviously a, a bike included. There was very hilly as well, so I had all the big posh houses that had papers that weighed a ton. So you only had like twenty papers, but they were very heavy, and you right. were leaning onto one side <laughs> on your bike. People had geese on their front lawn, so you had to obviously ride or run quickly to get away from the geese, which was quite interesting at times just, uh, for some strange reason that just reminds me of a video game that's just released called Untitled Goose Game Okay. which is basically running a, you're a goose and you basically just wreck havoc, <laughs> havoc around a town so I guess it was like that Yeah. <laughs> they can be quite vicious those things yes for sure yeah. so there was, there was only four paper rounds in the village so I think I ended up with all four at one stage mm-hmm. so, so, so um, what age did you um, stay in the village until? Uh, 16 and a half Okay. and then that's when I joined the Navy Right. Okay. so family, family influence on the Navy but both my Stepbrothers were in the navy. My father was in the in the navy as well. Okay. So it kind of continued from there. And I had a passion for for catering. So I was ah, right. a chef in the navy. Stephen yes. Seagal. Yes. Oh, oh, there Steve. you go. You see, I'm Perfect. just a chef. He, he can also cook. There you go. And he can kill bad guys at the same time. <laughs> it's one of my favourite films. Actually, I'm, I'm a big Stephen Seagal fan. There you go. You see, absolutely. There's the it. link. Yeah, yeah brilliant. <laughs> Um, did you have any like early career aspirations when you were younger or was it just you, you kind of knew you were going to go in? Go it was catering, Navy? yeah. I, I enjoyed catering. I'd worked in, in a couple of hotels just doing some prep and stuff like that. Enjoyed it. Home economics was part of your curriculum at school. Okay. Um, so you did lots of cooking at home and stuff. Cooking at home. Mum was always a good cook as well. So okay. that's where the influences came from. It's such a good skill, isn't it? It's really well, good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, the, the Navy training is very, very good. Um, so I was based down at Chatham for my basic catering training which mm-hmm. was just down the road from home so managed to get home at weekends okay. when I could and then obviously my first shore base brought me to Portsmouth which was HMS Salton okay. so that was in 81 once I'd finished the, the basic training so HMS Salton for your continuation of your training mm-hmm. um, and it carried on from there really so, so is that when you so when you first came to Portsmouth that's when I first came out. to Portsmouth and got off at the hard and crossed over the Gosport ferry and got a taxi up the other side and Started little. to find out about the local area, really. Okay. Little did you know just what was going to happen. Yeah, what was going to happen, exactly. what an influence I'd you I'd arrived in yeah. 81. Brilliant. Wow. Amazing. 
Um, so do you, do you cook? Do you much cooking these days as well? Yeah, I still you, cook now. Okay. I probably cook too much for the Hermes. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> enough for the whole week <laughs> still haven't got those measurements right but yeah I think people are going to be expecting some uh, some, some future baked goods at the end of your events I don't know about that <laughs> you do some of the catering at the feed stations yeah. <laughs> um, how much travelling did you do in the Navy yeah? so yeah did a lot of travelling obviously my first ship was the Hermes when it returned from the Falklands so I didn't actually go to the Falklands conflict so mm-hmm. I was on the Hermes so yeah travelled all around America Gibraltar Norway Oslo Gothenburg uh, down to the Falklands when I was on a one of the frigates, uh, the Gulf was which was quite oh, really? a, um, okay. a Gulf Patrol yeah. uh, through the Straits of Hormuz uh, and all around there Dubai Abu Dhabi down to Mombasa. Um, so yeah, the Falklands trip was quite a, a long one. That was a patrol, uh, quite mm-hmm. a desolate area, but managing to still get out and do a couple of runs and stuff like that okay. on on different locations. And yeah. I think one of the the best ones I've ever done was on the Hermes. The flight deck was never obviously always used for for flying, so you could use it for recreational purposes. Yep. So you're in the middle of the ocean, beautiful, clear, sunny day, and you're just running around the top of the flight deck while everyone's just relaxing. It's just a really nice mm. place to be. It's That's quite surreal, really. Do you know? Yeah, it is. It's just. I'm sure you get used to it, but yeah, yeah. You don't you don't know where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and that's the beauty of it. So amazing, amazing. And obviously, when you're in the navy, you get to participate in a lot of sports. Um, run the Rock of Gibraltar. That's a, a tough, tough event. I was going to ask about that. So, I, I, is that a yearly thing that the navy do? Yeah, I think it's pretty much when when I was in the navy. I think it was when ships went in. They had the opportunity to get ships company to have a go. Yeah. So you run from the bottom to the top. Mm. Get chased by monkeys and. And come back down the other side. Or I was going to ask about the monkeys because the monkeys there are quite. They can be quiet. They've got a bit more vicious, vicious over the years. Yeah. I think. I think with the onset of snack foods that they now have. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. So they, 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 they now no longer wait for you to give them food. They, they just, just help crack themselves. On. Yeah. <laughs> How much elevation is in that rock? Because it must be quite I, a tough one. I forget. Run. I forget now. I'll have to go and look that up because. Um, but yeah, it's a good one to do if you ever. I mean, it's only a short flight over to Gibraltar. Mm. So. Yeah, I was actually a fa- family member of mine. We should was, do a weekend away. Yeah. Run, run the rock. Yeah, good do kayak to the rock <laughs> if you can <laughs> oh dear I've heard about some on, on the Navy ship sometimes they have like obviously you said sporting opportunities in the Navy are quite you know, quite a lot of them um, but being on a ship you're quite isolated and often not able to get out and stuff so you're doing your running on board but they do um, some treadmill and rowing challenges and stuff and competitions yeah they used to I mean not so much on the ship that I was probably on at the time but they used to have the flight deck Circuits where the PTIs would have you on the on the upper deck doing you know weights and stuff, and they'd have a, a room somewhere down in the lower deck where you could do weights and stuff like that. So okay. I think as the navy's progressed and the ships have progressed, they do have better facilities now mm. okay. on board ship for those kind of activities. Cool, brilliant. Do you do you miss life on the ship? Do I miss <laughs> life on the ship? Well, obviously, I, I snapped my cruciate ligament whilst in the Navy playing football. Yeah. Uh, and that was a kind of a precursor to me kind of leaving. Uh, my life had kind of changed a little bit in, in 98. Sadly, I, I lost my wife. Um, right. Which obviously a lot of people don't know about. Some people do. Um, so she was only 25. Wow. Okay. Um, wow. So she had uh, cancer of the liver. So mm-hmm. it was a big, a big life-changing experience for me at that time. So 1989. I kind of make that decision that I want to do something else. Okay. So that's that was my 
precursor. I've done my 12 years in the Navy. It's time for me to, to move on and, and okay. to get into civilian life. And, That's and interesting you said that there. because obviously reading the bit of information you sent me, I could notice there was a, quite a quite a sudden change. So I guess that yeah, that was that that was the that was the the, the catalyst mm. for me to go right. I need to get out there and do something else. Yeah, yeah. So eighty nine, a, a very very tough year then. Tough year, yeah. And then yeah. obviously ninety and ninety one, kind of working out my time and, and frustratingly with the injury. Uh, and trying to find a focus on where I wanted to go and what mm. I wanted to do, so things were changing. Yeah, but that football's football's terrible for injuries because I've, it is. It's I've, it's a nightmare. Yeah, a, 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 a absolute nightmare. So I, I even tried walking football, and that was tr- too competitive. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always I'm all, my friends that play football are always getting injured. There's there's always somebody who's taken a, a tibia crack. Yeah. I had a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago. He had posted pictures of him sucking gas in air on one of the football fields, and I was thinking. Stick to the running. It's yeah. just uh, it's a little bit uh, yeah. a little bit safer and stuff like that. The percentages are better. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so how how long were you out of action for sport wise then? Oh, a good couple of years really. And obviously it was my trying to find out how I could get back into fitness in some way because mm-hmm. obviously it was very frustrating. It's like anyone who's sporty or is active, even you know, you, you know what runners go through when they're injured. They're it's terrible. Champing yeah. at the bit and yep. they just trying to find that alternative to get so it was looking for that alternative to be able to to do something so I employed a personal trainer to train me and she was very very good mm-hmm. um, and who, who was that she was based in, in Eastley so she was an ex-army um, PTI so she didn't mess around okay used to go and see her once a week and we'd go through everything and then obviously that was when I did my first kind of run which was the Winchester 5K on a Wednesday evening many, Winchester many years 5K. ago. Yeah. Okay. So that, that event's definitely not still going still I don't think it is. But basically what you did was you ran around three times within, so from the, the Guild Hall, round mm-hmm. through the cathedral, round the back of the river three times. Okay. So it's quite a nice little run to do. That sounds very similar to the Chichester Corporate Challenge that they have now. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It was run by the local athletics club, but it was a lovely little Wednesday evening event. You know, mm. people could go along and socialize okay. and go for a drink afterwards. So that was yeah. really nice to do. And I did that for a good few years just to kind of try and beat my time okay. on a 5k. So okay. we all start out on a 5k, don't we? What did you What did you get your time down to? Just out of curiosity. I think 25 minutes was my 5k time, okay. my best ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a tall guy, I'm quite a big unit when it's. Yep for running so concept. long legs helps a bit no they're no. heavy they're still heavy okay you still have true. to carry the weight yeah <laughs> you, you can't get around the physics can you of things you sometimes so. no no okay so so how, how long were you out for with this with this injury then uh was it was it was it a case of two three years yeah it, two or, or three years with the injury and then finding and uh, strengthening the knee to get back into sports in general okay uh, and just to to plod on really and obviously changing careers worked on piano ferries for a little bit um, was taking my kind of sports science to become a PT so okay. I had become interested in, in that side of things Was that just a, a kind of evening course or self-paced course? Weekend or? courses, Future Fit which were based in Fareham okay. so you used to do your, your, your gym exams which was very interesting find out about the body, nutrition so all aspects of physical training which was mm. very important to me for my own okay. my own worth really and then obviously to pass on that knowledge in the future to, to other people yeah. to be able to to overcome injuries uh, and to achieve goals. Hence okay. to believe and achieve was kind of 
born from there really two good two good words when it comes to uh, coaching people i think you you have to believe <laughs> yeah and then you achieve yeah uh, pretty much yeah having the belief is, is i think is the important bit or the passion yeah um, Rob, you also um, sent some information that you worked some a part time in some gyms and kind of yeah, boxing so that clubs. Was, yep, so that was the kind of the the feeder into into the PT world. So working at Haven't Leisure Centre, Waterloo Real Horizon, uh, Fitness First, assisting with boxer size classes, which were very very good for all round conditioning. Yeah, so of course, yeah. boxing training is. It's hard. pretty hard because um, <laughs> yeah. obviously they run they have to endure strength training so it's a bit yeah. of everything but it was for me it was in a forward direction there was no too much twisting and turning mm. which I didn't want to aggravate the knee okay. um, so that was my important thing I didn't want to be twisting and turning so I didn't play football anymore I didn't do anything like that yeah, yeah. that would aggravate it do you remember a boxing gym at the time it might have been I'm not sure if it was still there uh, there at the time called Lips in North End Lips yeah Lips do you remember Lips Studio and there was also one where near to St Mary's Church um, there was one there as well okay so I used to go to Lips proper spit and sawdust yeah oh god yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to go there for um, and train with a, a coach there Gary Clark Gary yeah. I know Gary oh, yeah, yeah, I used yeah. to coach with Gary Gary used to take me and my friends just for kind of like a private kind of maybe it was just him and there was like three of us or two of us yeah. at the time and he used to cane us for a couple of he's hours he's still going Gary he's, yeah yeah he's, he's up at He's up at Tilsey at the moment while they're rebuilding yes. the um, the money fields. That's right. Which has just got the grant to be built, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, he he was. I really look up to Gary. He yeah, was Gary's fantastic. Lovely. He was yeah, so I'll motivating. Go and back a long way with Gary. Really? Ah, okay, it's interesting. I'll have to you tell him. ask him. Yeah, all yeah, for sure. I saw him not so long ago on the seafront. And I've done a few runs with Gary as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, okay. Oh, I didn't realize he'd run actually. Honestly, <laughs> see the connections are coming together. You see, I'm, that's why this is there's so many connections. Here. This is Portsmouth. This is what makes it so special. I think. Yeah, it's an island. Brilliant. Um, so, uh, I guess a little bit back to the running. So you've done. You were doing a few five k's at this time. So you've done the Winchester five k a few times. Um, you had some good results. You could manage to get your time down to twenty five um, twenty five minutes. And were you doing any like personal training and stuff with yeah, people so at this time? Just kind of experimenting with a few people who just wanted a bit of training, um, and, and enjoying it really, uh, and seeing people progress and get fitter and losing a bit of weight, whatever their goals were. Mm. Everyone has a different goal. Um, it must be so satisfying helping people. Oh yeah, it's, uh, and to record it and to take notes and, mm. and to just you know, yeah. they have to justify anybody who's training to, to do anything has to justify what they're doing so if you have a PT once a week I'm only seeing you for one hour but yeah. what are you doing to the other 182 hours in the week mm, so which is a long time yeah. you stop eating or do you know yeah, what I mean why am yeah. I not losing weight there must be something so you have to be honest and it's a, a mm. very very good connection between the two people did you keep in touch with your clients through the week when they weren't with yeah. you and stuff just yeah, text messages or emails stuff. yeah whatever uh, group sessions as well so we used to meet up in the mornings and do group runs up and down the seafront just to okay to burn a few more calories and just to touch base really okay brilliant and um i tell you what we must have brushed shoulders at some point because i was a member of david lloyd gyms probably for a good four, five, six years, I was always in there early morning, and yeah. So, so I was I'm there when it first opened. Okay. So obviously at Port Solent. At Port yeah. Solent. So I was one of the the staff that opened it. Okay. Um, obviously, nine eleven was a big thing because it was like within weeks of it opening, and the big TV mm. screen was like horrific, wasn't it? And, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, full time there to start off with, and then kind of because the PT side of things was growing for me. 
outside of that I've moved to up to North End and purchased a house with a garage which I was converting into my my own studio because a lot okay. of people had said they don't like the gym environment to train in okay there's too many distractions for for me as a person mm -hmm. so it was important to have that one-on-one -on -one time okay so equip the gym to train people at home mm. do you think do you think people also got put off with other people being in the gym and being stared at or yeah. looked at and... yeah a, a lot of people are business people professionals who just want to have that i'm booked in with you at 10 o'clock i'll turn up not just okay. go to a gym because there's too many ways of getting out of it mm, okay if i've got you yeah. if you've paid up front you're going to see me and we're going to crack on and we're going to have a one-on-one -on -one session yeah and you're going to work hard okay do you know what i mean so i was at that time i was like unbeknown to me i was like right let's go for a run next client let's go for a run so i was running up over the top of portsdown downhill, coming back having a quick cup of tea next client let's go for a run yeah so okay, you'd like three or four runs a day <laughs> it's like okay no, no somebody's one, got to give no wonder you eventually went to the marathon you were, you were, you were just trained for it exactly. i was doing interval training yeah. every hour for sure those uh, that david lloyd um jim was always was always i used to love going to the pool especially on a sunday night to go go into yep, a workout quiet. really quiet yep they got their nice uh, steam room and the the sauna and stuff oh it was really nice yeah. i used to, i used to work hard as well good i promise <laughs> <laughs> um rob you've um you said that you were doing obviously some training um, up, up at was it Fairham or uh, Future Fit? Future, Future Fit, Fit yeah. yeah. Obviously, that was prior to, to joining David Lloyd. So correct. Yeah. After you've done all your training, then you can you do your continuation of training. So you keep your kind of ticket. Yeah. Uh, and you have to do so many training hours during a year to keep your your kind of PT okay. certificates going. Mm -hmm. But you've done um, you've done some nutrition based uh, based work and stuff with them yeah. as well. Nutrition as well, which is important, and obviously as I was to find out with regards to marathons, obviously trialing different ways of nutrition. And it was very interesting, You, uh, I listened to your podcast with Dell the other day. He was saying about boiled potatoes. Mm. Mine was baked sweet potatoes. Okay, there you go. Because I like the sweetness of it. Mm. So that was always my... Would you put salt on those as well? Or would you? Just no, I would just put okay. some seasoning on. Okay. Some, some you know, oregano or something. Okay. Just to give it a bit of flavour, but just baked in the oven. And then put into a Tupperware tub, and they would be my go-to before, during, and after a, an event. Okay. And Jaffa cakes. Jaffa cakes. Jaffa oh. cakes. <laughs> you start, I think you. I think I've seen those at your races. I'm sure. Yeah, you have to have a Jaffa cake. Yeah, yeah they yeah. always go. Nutrition such a such an interesting topic for me because obviously I do like some very long distance races through the year, and it's the one it's the one thing that I I, I believe is just the impossible puzzle to solve for a hundred mile event. Because once you think that you've cracked a nutrition plan, and it can work, it can work all through training. You go into the race, and it's it's a completely different ball game because there's temperature, there's uh, what you've eaten in the weeks leading up to the event, how your body is, sickness and illness, and and sleep deprivation. Just all there's so many factors involved. You just can't seem to key it down to a, a thing that you can eat on a run that will. Yeah, every every good. every run's kind of different. Like you say, the 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 temperature, the how you've preparation, mm. whether you've got a slight cold or illness beforehand. Which you may not even know about because yeah. it might be so subtle. Uh, and some of the products were just terrible, weren't they, in the early days? Some can, of those yeah. gloopy, horrible gels were like... Yeah, there's a lot more choice just now. sit on your stomach and you just don't... You didn't know whether you were coming or going half the time. It's horrible. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of alleviating that problem. Yeah. And I think I said to you, the, 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 when we go on to 
the Dublin Marathon, which was is my favourite. Having my mum standing at the finish with my foot-long subway oh. ready for me to devour was the best thing ever. <laughs> a foot-long subway. I, I can actually eat after. I probably after got halfway and then felt a bit sick and then I slowed down a bit. And then okay. And then went back to it and finished it later. <laughs> yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so one thing I can do. I can always eat after a run because you know, you know it's over and I think the body just calms down after a few minutes. But... Yeah, it normally takes me a little while to settle. But well, you're about four or five thousand calories deficit, aren't you? So yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I wouldn't recommend marathons for weight loss because you just eat like a trooper <laughs> and end true. up putting on yeah, weight. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, <laughs> it's like it's like right. Oh, you haven't lost a bit of weight. You put on weight. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, yeah. It's a free game afterwards. <laughs> uh, we always get cakes in the office where I work, and um, after a big race, it's just it's just days of eating cakes, and then I, I feel sick again. It's just like right, I need to do another race. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so tell us a little bit about the marathon running then. So I think you ran your first marathon in 2002. Yeah, 2002, obviously working at David Lloyd, I'd met a couple of clients who were keen on doing a marathon. There was an American girl over here working over here and, and she wanted to do um, Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, lo and behold, another girl came along and said, I want to do a marathon. She, I think she had a relationship split up, but she was determined to do a marathon. Right. So they weren't fast runners at all, but just like going through the whole process of how it's going to go and... And I'd never done a marathon before, so for me it was a good learning curve to run with someone a bit slower, yeah. but to guide them through what could possibly happen. So, lo and behold, the first ladies' marathon was Manchester, okay? okay? But then the other lady said, well, my marathon's Dublin, which is two weeks later. Ah. So... <laughs> I did two in two weeks in the, in the first ever marathons that I did. So it's Manchester, a, it's a good thing that your clients were uh, taking you out every exactly. every hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the first one in Manchester um, was in the middle of a park somewhere in Manchester. It wasn't a very big marathon okay. at the time. Um, Is that what now has become the Manchester Marathon? Yeah, they've okay. kind of changed over the years. Um, so it wasn't a big marathon. I'd probably say maybe three or four thousand people. Okay. Um, okay. And so she cracked that out in 525, okay. which was good. good. We got to the end in the park. Oh, so it's a long time to be on your feet, isn't it? Yeah, really you're, you're, you're at the back end and waving mm. at people in the front gardens. Yep. Uh, and then obviously the, the next lady was off to Dublin. and It was about the same time, 525. So okay. she, she persevered. But it's getting to those those miles from 20 to 26. They're the, the tough end for any novice marathon runner mm. who, who you play mental mind games it's amazing like, if, I yeah. can do 10k in an hour no you can't because no. you'll double that no. <laughs> it'll take yeah. you two yeah always it's kind of exponential yeah, isn't it? It. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and that's trying to get that message across mm. just keep moving keep moving yeah well I think you know people who who you can tell haven't quite grasped what it's going to be like you know that they're going to experience it yeah. at some point so and they always do and I always said we might fall out Mm. but we'll crack on yeah and we'll <laughs> and be friends after and you'll hug me at the end and we'll be fine <laughs> I love that I've, I've had I've had my own tiffs with people before in races when things are going yes, nasty because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's up here in the, in the head yeah. and, and my saying was I think there is a marathon in everybody in some way it doesn't matter how you do it mm. you look at the likes of Eddie Izzard who does all his 67 marathons but he was stopping for ice creams and interviews yeah, 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 yeah. and he was taking eight, 8 or 9 hours he was having a lovely day out yeah okay for him he's a superstar he's got yeah, nothing better to do yeah. put up in a hotel it was all lovely do you know what i mean <laughs> nice massage off exactly yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah. we haven't always got that mm. um, but you talk about massage there massage for me was very very important okay um in the build-up to any uh, long running event was to regularly have every couple of weeks a sports massage 
Okay. And cool. after the event, so I always made sure that that was always kind of plumbed into my training. Okay. And you would do that for your, you advise it to your clients as well. Yeah, to do, for yeah. sure. Um, whoever the masseur was at the time, um, definitely made sure that they were getting that mm. kind of therapy as well because it's important. There's nothing worse, is that when you've run a marathon and your your legs are seizing up, you can't go down the stairs, know, and you wonder yeah. why. You need to carry on with those mm. regular massages and flush out those fluids and just get yourself back in the game. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you a fan of um, going for Ice a bath. run afterwards? Or? Um, I wasn't so much because I was. Okay still active anyway um ice baths were good okay i, I got into that i had a, a paddling pool in the back garden when i was doing my training runs and made sure mm. that i jumped in them and, and that did help okay that was kind of like when things were changing with regards to physical fitness weren't they things and were coming about and more yeah. open to the public so footballers were doing it mm. yeah so ice baths were very important okay. if you could stomach it I think obviously also the the introduction and birth of the internet in family homes and stuff so information was becoming more freely yeah. available yeah. you didn't have to get a, a subscribe to Runner's World anymore it was, exactly. all, it was yeah. all there yeah, it was all subscribed I subscribed to Runner's World yeah. that was the go-to magazine yeah. of the time wasn't it you mm. know everyone had a copy of Runner's World absolutely uh, yeah. it's changed that's the game. where your list of races was yeah yeah absolutely yeah now everything's so easy I mean I can you know I can 10 minutes before I go into an interval session I can just google like interval session example because I want to do something different and yeah. I'll have a hundred thousand different options I think for the layman as well it was important to give them the information where to get the proper information from mm. because there was so much out there and people became confused yeah well some people you know say I've got to do a 20 mile run or an 18 mile run before I do a marathon and the build up to it so it's just a gradual build up isn't it is mm. how you feel don't feel as though you have to do it yeah, if yeah. you can't do it and you're not feeling well then you know do an alternative exercise and just get that time on the feet mm. to to be able to achieve it that's really it's really good advice because you know, often you put yourself under too much strain don't yeah. you to, uh, yeah and they, they bang their heads against done. a brick wall and get yeah. really frustrated yeah, uh, and, and you see that a lot on social media with people um, telling you oh i'm worried about this marathon worried about this and i haven't trained hard enough and everything mm. go and enjoy it yeah. Don't don't try and don't do a time. Yeah. 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 No. So so your clients were all happy. They uh they they got through their marathons. I did my first two. Hey. Yeah. Two within two weeks, which is which is perfect. Yeah. Um. But you did say that you got injured again in two thousand three. It wasn't more an injury, more of a de deterioration. I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all that exercise over the years of what, training. So what happened uh, there then? So basically, I was experiencing a, a lot of lower back pain. So even to the case where I couldn't even bend over to clean my teeth. So right. excruciating pain. So eventually obviously many trips to the doctor had a uh, an MRI scan uh, mm -hmm. and that was kind of like when you have something done like that you get to see it firsthand yeah and your mind then understands what's going on with your body I think um, so L4 and L5 were fusing together and okay. they were creating the problem with the sciatic nerve and the nerve endings which was causing the pain okay so I was in a lot of pain so at one stage I would have gone out for a run I was probably halfway down Fox's Forest and I had just literally seized up I could not move wow. uh, so I kind of you know gingerly roboted my way back and, and got back home and that was excruciating the pain that I couldn't you know was that, was that your stop point where you thought right, that was my, this, was, this, this, is, this is a problem okay um, so yeah just doing your everyday training run mm. uh, and you're coming to a complete standstill so you were off for a little while after that, were you then? Yeah, I was off for a lot. Obviously, looking for alternative massage was important. Hot stones, um, alternative remedies like glucosamine, MSM, 
cod liver oil, mm-hmm. good diet, um, lots of core stability, fit ball work okay. to kind of free up the lower back mm. uh, and to look at alternative exercise. So cycling was a big one. Okay. Some swimming was important as well. No running for a little while? No running, no. Yeah. It was okay. just not going to happen because of that pressure. Mm. Uh, and also the sciatic nerve as well had, had kind of kicked in as well. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, crazy. So frustrating yeah, again. Really frustrating, isn't it? I mean, it's, such yeah. an, it's always an up and down game for everybody, but yeah, yeah to have something like that serious enough yeah. to take you out, it's. it's but I was thankful that I was a PT, so obviously I'm teaching people mm. off on my back like a dying fly, thinking, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> what, what, what about your clients that wanted to go for a run? You, you just couldn't do it then? Well, I couldn't do it. Okay. I, yeah. I'd probably got on the bike. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I had to cop out, but yeah. <laughs> I was frustrated, I couldn't do it. Yeah. You'd be fine. I always, I always refer to cycling as seated running. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, so, so obviously you had that injury, um, but you were still you're still doing PC and stuff like that. And in 2006 and seven, you returned to the marathon distance. Yep, so I'd obviously done a lot of work on lower back, core stability, got myself back in the game, started to do some little runs and started to feel a lot better. Uh, probably get fitted for a, a good pair of running shoes as well was important Alexandra Sports mm-hmm. big in the city very very worthwhile that one hour of having a look at what your yeah. feet do so my go to shoes are, are Ghost um, so okay. I've been through from Ghost 1 through to Ghost 13 now oh, really? well, so I'm ghost, ghosting user. along I'm a ghoster is that anything to do with the ghost run <laughs> with the ghost race there you go um, so obviously that's an important thing as well and it's good the way they kind of do the the shoe designs now mm. so people can see where they are with regards to what kind of edition they're on as well okay so you can track where you are year on year so you know you, you say a good pair of running shoes 500 miles it's time to get them changed so many people would turn up for pt and you go the first thing i say can I have a look at your running shoes okay, okay we need to throw those squash shoes out because you ain't going to run really? nothing with that right one. yeah yeah tennis shoes and tennis stuff, shoes yeah. they're falling apart i got these from nike even though they're not they're not good mm. time to to get yourself properly fitted and that was a, a, a valuable thing as well okay as a runner yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. think having a good pair of shoes is, is super important i mean I, I used to always get my shoes from a bargain bin kind of like whatever it was on deal that yeah. at jd sports or wherever it was and i ended up with stress fractures doing big ultra mileage uh but then i switched to hocker and never took back since never looked back since makes so. you a bit taller doesn't it a little, a little bit taller, yeah, yeah, a little bit taller. My, my friends are always going about, going on about them, but uh, yeah, it's, it's good. When you, I think when you find a pair of shoes that works for you, and then you start realizing the impact it has yeah. and how it benefits you, then yeah, it's yeah. it just it's a real treat. You can tell the difference. I find I, having lived most of my life in a pair of running shoes or, or training shoes, yeah, find it very difficult to wear a pair of normal shoes and go out mm. without having some kind of lower back pain or something. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do, you, do your size do that have interest your sizes on your on your trainers slightly differ? yeah slightly probably half a size half a size bigger so I, I realised the other day because I I can't remember the last time I bought myself a pair of work shoes I think I've got a pair from like years and years ago that I still use but they're size 8.5 so that's what my, my normal shoe size um, for my hockers I wear 10.5 <laughs> but I like a lot of room around my foot yeah. so um, you know all the all the reading you do tends to kind of steer you away from doing that but I, I find it which absolutely works. Treat my feet look good. I haven't lost any well, lost a few toenails from other incidents. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, my feet look really good, and yeah, I, I I love having the room and the space in my shoe. But yeah, two two sizes bigger is a bit big, <laughs> but it just works. Um, yeah. So, uh, so so what kind of what kind of other marathons have you run then? So 
2006, I was obviously training a, a guy called Paul Seeley, good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He was a windsurfer, kite surfer, just a go-getter, basically. And we just started going away for weekends and running all these races in all different parts of the country because okay. we wanted to, to do something. And then at the start of 2007, I said, all right, well, well, well 2006, I did Dublin. We went to Dublin together. Yep spent time with my mum and dad <clears throat> had a nice weekend away because the Dublin Marathon was always on the, the Irish Bank Holiday Monday okay. so you got an extended weekend which was nice. lovely bit of Guinness over the weekend Guinness factory yeah, yeah. good iron for the Guinness is good oh, it's really yeah. good isn't it yeah so nothing wor- nothing yeah. wrong with a pint of Guinness before a marathon I crave Guinness Porter not so not, not real Guinness oh, okay that's always, a bit stronger always after a long run okay I, I, I absolutely crave it it's, a, it's the only alcoholic drink I drink I don't drink any other beers nothing just the West Indies Porter. Okay. So yeah, it's a strong, it's a strong ale. I was going to say it's a strong one, that one. Mm. Yeah. So 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 how did how, how was Dublin then? Dublin. I, I mean, I, I love Dublin. It's just a fantastic city. Yeah. It's quite easy to get to. Mm-hmm. Forty five minutes flight from Southampton. Get yourself an Airbnb near to the start finish. Mm. A lovely atmosphere. Good party weekend because it's the Irish Bank Holiday as well. Big marathon as well. Big marathon, yeah. fifteen to eighteen thousand people, Gosh, oh. uh, supported by a lot of international runners as well. A lovely course. Is there a ballot to get into that? No, okay. you could always just sign up for that one. Okay. Um, a lovely course. Uh, in the early days, you went anti-clockwise, and then later on, it went clockwise. So you go in a big circle around the city, up through Phoenix Park, past the zoo, mm-hmm. into the local areas. You know, it's just just a lovely so, marathon yeah. to very well supported. Uh, by the locals yeah and you finish in the city centre uh, and you've been you've been to that one how many times now? I've done that six times, six times yeah oh. and of course you've shown me some of the some of the photos and stuff from your the haircuts yeah the haircuts had to be done what's 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 with the skinhead look Come on. so it was just <laughs> and, and how many know about that in, uh, in not many I don't know many people know about that they're going to so you always had <laughs> race photographs didn't you yep how do you get noticed on a race photograph? So you have to have something done to your hair. So I was having zebras, Mohicans, uh, tight skinhead cuts, <laughs> and every every single one was different. A lot of people just put a hat on or something. Yeah. They put a hat on, but I just had to... Yeah, And you were recognised from the back by people and so on and so forth. So. Yeah. Got lots of comments from uh, from other runners then, I guess. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's great, though, doesn't it? Like, yeah. sparks up conversation with somebody. Put your name might. on the front, because people will shout your yeah. name. Yeah, exactly. Hi, Robbie. Go, Robbie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go, skinhead. Yeah. yeah. Or zebra, or whatever it was. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it'll come to, to light in a story a bit later on about other runners as well. But, yeah, so 2006, Dublin. And then at the start of 2007, I said to Paul, right, let's do a really big challenge. So we managed to get a place for the New York Marathon. Lovely, right. So that was for Get Kids Going. So you had to raise £2,500 for them, but that was on the calendar. So we were on it. So, right, let's train hard for, for this. So we did half marathons galore, Grizzlies, Beasts, Eastbourne, Beachy Heads, endurance races. Plenty every, of hills. Yeah, everything. Every weekend was filled with something. So we were wow. active galore. Um, but then I threw in the curveball. Okay. So I said, let's go back to Dublin because that's the week before. So that's on the Monday before. <laughs> that's Paul the, hates you at this point, yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul was like questioning my sanity, um, and then uh, something came up. I think it was uh, nice work. We're doing the Amsterdam marathon mm-hmm. trip as well, so we signed up for that as well, which was the week before Dublin. So you had Amsterdam, Dublin, and New York. 
all in successive all weeks in successive weeks wow. so Amsterdam was on the Sunday okay that was a coach trip yeah so you're sitting on a coach from Dover That's over to Amsterdam more, yeah. in a hotel off the coach on the coach back on the coach yeah and then traveling back and then the weekend obviously flying to Dublin on the Friday for the marathon on the Monday mm-hmm. come back on the Tuesday and then fly to New York Oh. On the Thursday, ready for the New York Marathon. It's exciting, but it's it like, it must brilliant. Have been oh, it was just a, a, a just a fun time yeah. just to to mm. do it. You know, mm. uh, people weren't doing that type of thing in those in two thousand seven. Yeah, it was you know three marathons in three weeks. You're crazy, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now people are doing marathons every week. I know, I know. or yeah. one a day. Yeah, or, or hundred in a row, or exactly. whatever it is. Two hundred. So yeah. We were the pioneers of. That's it. Count yourself as a pioneer, Rob, for sure. People looked at your your stuff and, and came three up. Three in so. three weeks, you're nuts. Amazing. How did you feel after that like that third one though? Were you like, okay, I need a rest now? I actually could see the benefits of doing it like that. So okay. obviously, with the massages, the ice baths, the preparation in between the marathons, mm, of course, nutrition. So you were looking after yourself, pretty well, yeah, yeah, that was all booked in prior to everything. So you had to look after yourself. Otherwise, we would have never done it. Mm. My times for all three of those marathons were pretty much spot on. Okay. So I'm not a fast marathon runner. My fastest marathon is 447. Yeah. Uh, and these were all 455. So I set my target to be all under five hours. Okay. And they were. And did Paul run with you, your, your, your friend Paul? Paul yeah. was a bit, a little bit faster. He's okay. a bit shorter than me. So I always said to him, you crack on. You go. So he was always a little bit ahead of me, probably half an hour ahead of me. Amazing. It's fascinating how much how much running you've done then. So you crammed a lot into those that year or, or yeah, those years. Yeah, 2007 was probably my biggest year. Uh, okay. uh, and it's setting yourself a goal, isn't it? So mm. I'm going I'm to achieve this. But carried on doing the, the marathons throughout the, the years afterwards. Yeah. Um, the next challenge was, we know, the actress Derva Kerwin. Oh yeah, you said for, I, I had to look up the TV show. You did, didn't you? Ballyka's did. Angel. <laughs> yeah. She's Irish. So there's okay. a connection here with Dublin. Okay. So Dervla had come to me for PT mm-hmm. because she was doing a show. So she wanted to get fit. She had her own, she lives locally. So I trained her uh, and got her nice and fit and healthy. She was doing the Great South Run for the celebrity side of things. Okay. Don't give me an opportunity like that to throw another curveball in. I said, Dervla, you're Irish. Come on. Have you ever run? where'd you come from to Dublin so I said well come on we'll go back to your home city and do the marathon yeah so the Great South Run is on the Sunday mm-hmm. the Dublin Marathon is on the Monday oh, again so what is it with you and cramming races together <laughs> so it's another it's a brilliant challenge for her so okay. we did we had the early morning massage on the Sunday went down did the Great South Run we had the taxi waiting everything was packed taxi to the airport straight to Dublin ready for the Dublin Marathon which she hated me for I'm sure afterwards like you said the falling out and then the making up afterwards yeah, yeah. but she thanked me afterwards and said yeah thank you for that it brilliant brilliant is she, has she gone on to run any any, any more races she, she's, she's done more running and everything I mean her husband is obviously Rupert Penry Jones who's a very fit man from Silks um, so she's continued it from there so my, my job was done I challenged her she achieved it another ticky in the box really Brilliant. so did she did she believe beforehand <laughs> she, i think she wasn't quite sanity was ruling but it's another good excuse to get back to dublin i yeah. think amazing i hope we go in all your listeners now like, oh, dublin let's do it yeah let's get up there you go let's book a brain rob's, rob's plugging rob is plugging the dublin marathon so i'm get quite over happy there. to put a tour together let's yeah. do it flight from southampton nice and quick believe nice and in achieve tours dublin marathon brilliant first one you're not going to get a cut from airbnb or anything eh? not at all. 
Okay. <laughs> Robert, that's, that's fascinating. I, I, I just didn't realise how many how many runs. Obviously, I was, I was going to ask you, but I didn't know how much racing you'd actually done. So it's pretty yeah. pretty incredible. But um, I'd be, I'd be keen to move across to the the race organisation side. So yeah, two thousand and eight. You said that the RNLI asked you to get involved in helping organise a race. How, how did that come about? So I was doing their fitness training. So uh, Pete Slidel, the mud man, he's been on the show. Um, okay. Not on your show, but on Saving Lives at Sea. Okay. He's the mud rescue guy from Langston Harbour. Right. Uh, so Pete had got me down to the lifeboat station to do some some training for them, some mm -hmm. PT on the Wednesday night. So okay. went down once every month to do a PT session for him. And we did lots of different things. Obviously got really friendly with the guys down there. Nice bunch on the crew. Uh, and they said, you fancy doing a, a, a fun run of some sort? Because things were changing within mm -hmm. the, the, the industry. Okay. I said, yeah, I'd love to do a little run from here. So went out and looked at some courses and, and measured some routes and everything. I said, well, there's an ideal 10K from here, which is basically from here to the castle and back. And that's yeah. spot on 10K. You couldn't ask for better. Mm -hmm. um, so that we did the first... RNLI 10k brilliant in the October of that year was it brand, Was it under the Believe and Achieve it was under Believe yeah. and Achieve yeah so okay. see it was the Portsmouth RNLI 10k uh, they were taking down times with stopwatches and oh really okay uh, and, and stuff you know yep. we did that for a couple of years on stopwatches and everything mm -hmm. and obviously the onset of timing for races was important for people how did you manage that with the stopwatches and did you just get people when they finished it to, to bang, write bang 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 yeah we just there was someone with a stopwatch just writing down times and the okay. numbers that they went through. How many people did you have at that? I think it was about 250 for the first one. Oh gosh, okay. So, so it was a good A little bit pressurised at the, at the finish area then trying yeah, to get Yeah, because it's quite quick to when, you know, the, yeah. first, the first 20 are probably okay. but It gets busy and in then the, the mid-section. Then the yeah. rush come through. Mm, okay. Oh, fascinating. So that's how that worked. And obviously then the, the Santa run as well. So that was the fun run element was the in December of that year. So, oh, so organising the Santa run. So okay, I didn't realise it had gone that far back, so 2008. Yeah, okay. yeah. Wow. It was 13 years for the Santa run. Mm -hmm. um, so I was dressing up as Santa yep. in Alexandra Sports, handing out Santa suits. I was gate crashing proper runs, yep. dressed in as Santa. Santa. Why yeah. not? <laughs> victory, victory five um, to promote the event. Yep. I was hand delivering Santa suits throughout the local area to people who had signed up, yep. dishing out numbers and everything. Uh, and that... December day came down and we all went down the seafront and everyone's dressed in red and white Brilliant. overtaking the seafront I think the guys from the RNLI had got the Coast Guard helicopter out to, to do a, a, oh, a really? wave of honour and everything so yeah it was Amazing. Really, oh, really good Batala drummers were there from day one oh, yes of course because they're, they're great to have on the runs yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed so them. they always participated in the in the Santa run okay Brilliant. Much to the locals' distaste, us flaming drummers. There's always, there's always, <laughs> there's a always complaint one. from somewhere, one or two. I'll find so. his address one day. I tell you. Yeah. Do, do, do you actually get a lot of complaints in from from your events? Well, the feedback from the council obviously is when you get the complaints, they don't complain to you directly. They would always go through the council, so yeah, you'd always get a little list of stuff that could be better okay. managed and so on and so forth. So the onset of that is important to any event really is mm. to, to know where you can go better. Yeah, yeah, and I was always looking to improve what I was doing because I was just learning at that stage yeah. how to do it. So, mm. it, do you still get complaints these days about about things? Minimal things. Minimal things. Yeah. What 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 type of complaints do you get? Um, the last one with the the marathon in December, mm -hmm. the area that we had a problem with was over by um, Langston um, through the Kissing Gate onto Mill Lane. Okay. Before you get to the ship in, 
on some quite big houses along there. So TJ Waste, the sponsor, uh, uh, we'd highlighted it that we needed to cut back a lot of that area. So we'd actually done a lot of work over there with regards to making the, the route safer for runners because okay. it was all overgrown. And obviously the locals in, in turn would reap the benefits because it's safer for them to walk the dogs and yeah. any recreational runners would, would benefit as well. Mm. So we'd done all that work over there. Um, but there was a complaint from a local resident that some runners had thrown water bottles into their front garden, which was a bit of a mystery to me because, as I pointed out, we don't actually hand out water bottles to, to runners. I just can't see... I just can't see... I've never seen a runner do that. I don't know why anybody would do that. No. no. It's, no unless no. it was a water station like the Great South where yeah, tr- traditionally people would yeah. do that sort of thing. Yeah. It's, it's in the middle of nowhere, so you wouldn't do it. I would hope that a runner wouldn't do it. No. Um, and obviously he said that the state of the path was impassable um, because we'd obviously had a thousand people run through there and churn it all up. So we, TJ Waste came to the rescue and we came up with a plan. So we, we actually put five tonnes of um, bark along that path to, oh, okay. to kind of soak it up and make it better. So hopefully we kind of rectified yeah. that problem. So, you know, it's something that we would do for the local community. Um, and there are areas of certain courses that would need that. Mm. Some of the road closures are not well taken okay. down Ferry Road. Yeah. It's just inter- interesting to hear what kind of complaints you get because you know if it, if it was if it did happen to be noise related or something, it's it's, it's important yeah, for runners to hear some that. Is, yeah, some of them are noise related, like sp- if your speaker's facing the wrong way or mm. you're too loud at half past eight in the morning making announcements and things yeah. like that. So probably the littlest things. Yeah. yeah, people walking along the road with their dog on a ten foot lead. Yeah. When twenty hundred runners come past, yeah, I know. I know. It's <laughs> just fasc- it's fascinating in life, isn't it? How how complaints come about because as runners and, and as a race organizer yourself and a runner, you re- you know what how benef- how beneficial running is and how beneficial exercise is and what it does for the community and everyone that's participating. But for somebody who doesn't run, who might be sleeping that morning and then gets woken up, it you can see how it might be quite, yeah. kind of aggravating. So you get to see. The bu- you get to see yeah. from both sides and you, and you have to in order to improve you have yeah. to you have, you have to, to kind of step back a little bit and go yeah okay i can understand where this guy's coming from yeah yeah sometimes you just want to swear and say go away but it, i think it's important to, to imp- keep improving the way you run you don't things. escalate it you just crack on with yeah. it yeah yeah that's a really good good way of handling it how do you always say stay so calm during your events as well because i've noticed that <laughs> i always used to say that to you i was like rob after i met you for the first time i was like rob how do you stay so calm you just you just always like you could almost be on a hammock, right? But you, but you're upright. You're, you're yeah, walking yeah. around. I think the, the 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 panic and everything comes beforehand. So so I, you do I, have your moments. I do have my moments prior to any event. So if I'm worried about a delivery of some sort or something not clicking into position, so I would do that privately. But on race day, there's not a lot else I can do really. It, it, the preparation and everything he's done. Mm, okay. Um, there's no good phoning me up on the lead bike to tell me such and such should happen because there's not a lot I can do about it when I'm in the middle. Because out on the course and that's it. Exactly. Okay. Have you have you ever had any type of um, emergency or something crop up during a run? We've had the, there was a few years back when there was two of the runners on the marathon route both had mini heart attacks. Oh, okay. Um, so there was one on the Billy line, which was air vacked out. Oh, really? On the helicopter. Right. Okay. Yeah to QA and he, another one was just pulled out pretty much by the ship in but I went to visit them in the hospital afterwards and mm-hmm. they were thankful for the, 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 the service that they got and I took their medal and their goodie bag for them okay so are there any like regulations as a, as a race organizer that you have to stick by in terms yeah you of have being... to have so many uh, first aid covers okay 
per hundred people in events. Mm. Um, so you have to the marathon is the biggest one because it's spread over such a, a vast course. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So you have to have so many trained paramedics, so many ambulances. Obviously, the communication between the marshals and mm. and that source. And you have to spread them out, do you, to make sure that you have to spread them out, the course, and you have yeah. a you have a, a last runner or, or a couple of cyclist marshals out there as well. Okay. And most of the water station marshals will also have first aid kits and, and mm. response equipment. Yeah. It's good having all those um, AED devices available now in yeah, town. Yeah, there's a lot so, more of it so. now than ever used to be. Yeah, yeah. I think park runs kind of part. part I think there's one on every corner now, isn't there? Mm. So yeah, yeah, it's good. They're really, really good. I think they're actually required now when you when you start a park run. There has to be an AED device within mm. five minutes. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's important. Yeah. It could happen to anybody. I mean, uh, God forbid. Uh, we go back to Dublin Marathon. There was a guy running in front of me and Paul. Um, I forget which year it was, but he just suddenly veered off to the side. Oh, he's off for a bit of a stretch. But unknown to us, sadly, he, he, he passed away he from a heart wow. attack. Yeah, because we heard the ambulances and thought, oh, something's not quite right there. Well, yeah. You yeah. know, when you're caught up in the moment and yeah. it's literally just in front of you, you think, oh, he's just peeled off to, mm. to go for a stretch. Well, I guess when that happens, people don't feel well suddenly and they, they do peel off first yeah. and then obviously it becomes a bit more of a... Yeah. Fight for fight for life, really. Yeah, very. We hear so much of it. The, the, you know, mm. it, it, there's so many young, fit guys have trained for marathons, and and, yeah. and all of a sudden, bang! Yeah. It's. I think it's something that stories we hear all the time as runners, and you do often kind of lie in bed at night and think, okay, well, I pushed myself really hard today. I hope everything's okay. And yeah. I don't like lying on my on my side sometimes, where you can actually feel your heart beating. It's just. Yeah, it just gives me the, the shivers. It's, uh, I think for a, you, you, you go back to the calmness of a race day. For me, lovely Dawn, bless her, she has to put up with me going through <laughs> through everything for a race we, day. So she's my calming yeah. influence. But she does yeah. say that on the night of a race or before a race, she can actually hear my mind ticking oh, really? over, just thinking about yeah. the, the slightest little thing. You know, did I put a sign in the right place? Did I mm. put? Do you know what I mean? There's the slightest little thing. Yeah, I'm sure you've just got so many things. Do you have a little tick, a checklist or something that you kind of I have check a off? checklist and tick it off, but my mind still ticks off those lists. So yeah. it's tick, tick, tick. Yeah. What about do do runners beforehand present you with any kind of like extra challenges and pains and stuff like that? that you know, not as many as uh, I just like them to read a bit more. Okay, take the time to read what the information is yeah. because pretty much it would be covered in 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 most of that information that we do so I'm, I'm guessing that you get the question where do i get my race number from is there a bag drop is there a bag drop <laughs> it's so funny yeah is there a bag drop? yeah of course it's a bag drop runners but read I those emails no suitcases allowed just keep it minimal yeah you know, or leave it in your car yeah that's true yeah yeah so just as small as you can yeah yeah uh and read your emails <laughs> what um, out of all your events that you put on, um, do you have one in particular that's the hardest to organise? The marathon is the the hardest um, because of the, the the terrain, the changing terrain over the years of the route itself um, mm. has changed so much, yeah. and it's I think within the next three years that route is going to be pretty something special. The work they're doing down the eastern oh, road really? okay. is going to improve that path no end. So nice. you know you'll only have the the hiccup of the muddy beach mm. the which you're never going to avoid so. <laughs> well you, you did this year on the way out yes that's true that's, a, that's the first time in 10 years okay. that you haven't had to go across the muddy beach on the way out okay right yeah I was quite pleased about that actually <laughs> I like the muddy beach actually but it's okay <laughs> so here's a secret to the muddy beach if you get your tide app 
okay mm-hmm. you can get through the muddy beach at 4.1 meters in height of tide okay, okay. anything over that you you can't get around that top there's corner no, there's you, no sand or there's, no, you can't get around that top corner okay all right okay so, so just 4.1 meters, 4.1 meters get yourself a tide app and look at the tide and then you can get around there all the time that's a magic number i never i never keep track of the tide apart from last weekend when i went out in storm Chiara, is it Chiara? Chiara, yeah. I went out at high tide on Sunday and managed to actually run at the back of the pyramids as well, which I wouldn't recommend doing. It was dangerous, but I, there's something I enjoy about that, just being in the... We had a Santa run like that, where it was it was high tide on the Santa mm. run, it was quite windy, and it was doing that. Yeah, it's great. I think Pete went down in Mudman, Pete from the RNLI went down with his broom and swept, all, swept, all, away, swept yeah. all the seaweed away and yeah. made the route safe. Oh, it's just so much fun <laughs> just being out in, the, in that whitewash and those, just hearing the waves yeah. crash around you and stuff. It's, it's, um, it's amazing. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so uh, so you often cycle on the routes. You're, you're normally the front um, with the front runner. I'm normally the front runner. Is I there have... any particular reason why you, why you take on that task to do yourself? So that I can make sure that everything's in the right position on the way out. Okay. Um, the job is difficult. It's hard um, to keep in front of those guys on, yep. on a on that type of route and terrain, and especially on the way back because you're now. Oh yeah. Like a salmon against yep. the tide, and you know you've got to appreciate why I'm shouting and waving my arms at you. Yeah. <laughs> Keep left, keep <laughs> yeah. left, keep left. No, you, you I'm not doing it, it for attention or anything. I'm not being, you know, being bossy. I'm not, trying, being bossy. I'm not <laughs> trying to upset you. Um, I, I try to be as relaxed as possible with people with earphones and stuff like that. But please don't look at me as like a complete alien that I'm shouting at you and you can't hear me. Yeah, yeah. You need to be paying attention to to what's going on. That's mm. your responsibility as a runner. Yeah. I think to look around you to make sure that you keep an eye on other people. Absolutely. Because yeah, yeah, they yeah. could be in trouble as well. So yeah. And it only takes a, a split second for you to look at your shoes or look at something else exactly. on the side and you're, you're smack bang facing yeah. to somebody. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um, Rob, very, very quickly, um, I know a big topic at the moment is, um, you know, the, the planet and the amount of waste that we have. And stuff. Okay, I wanted to ask you about um, races and sustainability um, in terms of race t-shirts, bottles, goodie bags at the end and stuff like that. Is that something that you that you've been you're aware of and you you, you take yeah. action on? Yeah, um, we're very aware of of that situation with regards to the planet. We're we're obviously now working closely with the guys from from Final Straw with beach cleans and and to see it firsthand basically what's happening to the environment. And it's quite disheartening for me uh, as an organizer to to cycle these routes prior to an event to see how much rubbish uh, and crap is actually out there yeah uh, frustratingly not by us but motorists or just general public fishermen people out for a walk who have no mm. kind of regard to that so it's not yeah it, it's everybody's responsibility but we just wish that everybody would take a bit more um, responsibility to what they're doing yeah yeah because it leaves the legacy for other people to go around so yeah i have had occasions where i've been out after an event picking up water bottles galore and actually finding a lot more rubbish i could probably spend quite a few weeks out on the course mm. on the marathon route just picking up litter mm. myself and dawn went out the other day because where they're now starting to do the work on the eastern road by the yep. water sports center they've chopped down all those brambles finally mm. someone took responsibility yeah because it was getting quite narrow around there but yep. obviously it's uncovered there's so much rubbish they found yeah. a crisp packet which was 35 years old 
Wow. on Hailing Beach the other day. Gosh. Still intact. So expiry date 35. Yeah. So <laughs> do you know what I mean? So this is yeah. where and the, we found like 15 Lambrisco bottles, there's cans of tenants extra, mm. poo bags, crisp Nap- nappies, wrappies, everything. Just, yeah. just everything you could possibly find, you yeah. know. But we do our little bit, you know. Yeah. You can yeah. only carry so many bags of rubbish. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's it's good that people are kind of taking note you've got the guys from good gym doing their beach They're cleans as well the south there, yeah. sea beach watch doing their beach cleans it's brilliant there are other areas which are forgotten in portsmouth which need to be addressed which mm. tj waste have helped massively with the area down at eastney of course uh, tj waste you partners with the yeah, uh with the, or help. Um, john gosling from tj waste is brilliant been such a help and they're going to sponsor the marathon for the next two years to come brilliant um, he's a good athlete as well John yeah. John is very yeah. good yeah uh, and he gets a lot of the, the crew from TJ Waste to, to participate in lots of the events as well so brilliant shout out to big yeah. shout out to them yeah. yeah for sure he's a good triathlete and what and in terms of like do you when people enter your races do you have you got the have they got the option to take t-shirts or not or so um, yeah basically I've never really done the free t-shirt side of things it's very rare that I've done that yeah um, the t-shirts that we produce are obviously uh, sublimation print they're a bit more bespoke they're made by skimmer who do the recycled materials so oh, it's oh, not brilliant okay so it's an option for people to purchase as opposed to get a free t-shirt yeah um, obviously we're reducing the amount of plastic waste that we have with regards to mm. drinks and everything so we've, we've reduced that by 50 percent we don't do bags anymore for the goodie bags okay. so basically it's a product so okay. you get your bottle of beer your pint of beer your packet of crisps and your chocolate okay. Good, and it's it? still in its wrapper. We, it's like Cracker Jack. Yeah, it's quite fun for us because it's going. Kind of, let, let's yeah, see, yeah, 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 yeah. see how many runners can drop all their stuff. Before they, before <laughs> every, they, everyone <laughs> takes, everyone takes everything. I've dropped it. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just that you know, I've been uh, at the national running show the other week. I saw um, rerun clothing. Brilliant, wasn't it? With the washing machine and the, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, those guys, Charlotte and Dan, do such a great job there. I mean, they've got thousands and thousands of race t-shirts and probably tens of thousands. I've sent mine off to to um, too many t-shirts and had them made into blankets brilliant so I've got one and Dawn's got one so fantastic but you know people like t-shirts sometimes don't they absolutely they're good they're good for for training Mm. Um, and it 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 is nice to see because I've kind of bespoke the Believe and Achieve ones a little bit special they are yeah so I can I can spot them Mm. quite a long way away out on the on and you must see quite so many I, yeah of them it's out. really it's really really quite exciting to see your first ray t-shirt someone wearing it on and you kind of know what year it was produced as well so yeah. they've looked after it well i tell you the other thing that people like on on races in particular i i love it is you give away your photos for free don't you this we haven't done no oh, have you not okay. oh, sometimes we have when we've used stuart marsh for the marathon so okay, i think i may have seen those or something. yeah yeah, seen yeah a couple of years we've done it but obviously okay the costs of events are not getting any cheaper mm, um, that's true um, the the prices are rising up so it has to be kind of taken somewhere along the line that's so true. Yeah, something yeah. has to give I think I, I asked I answered a questionnaire once and it was like you know what's the most important thing that you want to take away for, at the end of the race and I, I was like photos I think if photos are included in a race entry yeah. I just think it after because everyone loves a good photo don't they everyone loves yeah. photos on route and stuff so. a lot of the park runs now are all there's a photographer isn't yeah that's so, true yeah. automatically social media your phone as long as you're able to download as many photos yeah. as possible yeah it's pretty good and the photographers that you that you get for your events I mean, yeah Ian from really Sports. Yeah, they always pick the right points so they always liaise with me beforehand to see where the route's going mm. obviously they know where the sun rises and the sun sets but something with a 
with a good backdrop. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And your medals are fantastic. Obviously, uh, there was one. There was one year of the fifty k that we got our gigantic medal. I think. I think it was the fifty k. It wasn't the marathon. It was, it was the marathon. It was yeah. the marathon. It was yeah, a it was the first. One. The first time. The first time that we went mega. Uh, not, a, not not a cheap medal to produce on. I'm sure on the it budget. Wasn't. I'm sure but, it was, uh, and it weighed quite a, a considerable amount. But yeah, that was the the Portsmouth Crest. So yeah, again, keeping them into a theme and and to kind of follow that that journey. Obviously, um, Mark Burnell was the kind of an ultra runner himself. Uh, I've had dealings with Mark before over yeah. Facebook because he's yeah he's helped me with a few he, things. Yeah. He was South Sea Pirates, um, and he was the first guy who helped me with designing the kind of logos and the banners for mm. for oh, the okay, events. Brilliant. So right. Mark was part of it the pieces of eight that's where the the pieces of eight kind of came into it to, okay to incorporate the that was our first ever bespoke medal mm. which was the the doubloon okay um, so mark was the the first guy to to help me with that obviously it's now he's done his 10 years and right run right. out of ideas so <laughs> but no i thank him very much for for kind of putting that label on the events really to Amazing. to identify it and yep. that's important because people identify it. So you probably noticed now on the last couple of T-shirts we've had black and white check on uh, the sleeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's now easily identifiable as as one of ours. Okay. Because it's, it's the finish line. So. Good, good. So um, and your med your medals as well. Obviously, you when you had some stock left over, or whatever, you allow people who couldn't make it to the race day to do virtual yeah, races I mean, as well. Yeah. They're quite big as well. It's nice to to do something like that. Um, it's a it's a fine line with medals because you have to order them so far in advance mm. through the company yeah. that I, I use so we have to organize those 12 weeks prior because they're sailed in from from mm. china i wonder if it'll ever be, if it gets to a point where you'll be able to print medals as quickly as runners come through the finish probably not <laughs> in the future in the future sometime <laughs> i mean we tried the silicon medal i didn't to me as a runner as well yeah. the silicon metal didn't kind of wash it for me it needs to be something chunky and funky I'm afraid okay. it's uh, yeah I don't want to take too much more of your time but I, I wanted to ask you about some of the chosen charities that you've that you've support this year yep. I think it's three or four of them that you've, that you've chosen yeah, to work with so obviously the R&I was the big one it was always kind of key because we're kind of surrounded by the sea hmm. very busy lifeboat station yeah. and very well, important the work they do is just yeah. incredible um, and obviously for me with the kayaking side of things is mm. very important to me because obviously I like the adventure racing side of things and I'd, I'd like to get more people involved in those yeah. multi-sport activities because you can run, you can kayak and have a sit down yeah, for a little yeah. bit uh, and, and get your mountain bike or your happy shop around and still enjoy the event. Um, so sea safety is something that we kind of support and work closely with the RNLI guys to make sure that people are aware of what's happening mm. on the sea, in the tides, yeah. with wind, with mud don't get caught out mm. have an app yeah 4.1 I can run around the muddy beach <laughs> and I, would, I wouldn't think anyone would get cut off on the muddy beach but just in case you did you yeah, yeah don't yeah. try and run across it no no that's no, not going to happen um, obviously the Rowan's Hospice um, a close charity to me because a couple of years ago sadly lost my sister um, right. so the Rowan's was there for her uh, lovely set of guys up there and I'm pleased to say that the Rowan's Hospice are going to take over the running of the Santa Run, which will free up more time for me to okay. focus on the key event, which is the marathon. So I have found over the years where our two biggest events are in December, December. right next to each other, my time is mm. needs to be focused on doing the marathon. Yeah. So 
with the support and help of Baffin's Fit Club as well, the the Santa Run will return to South Sea okay. for this year. Right. Good. Um, so it'll be basically brought back to its simpler format. Mm. Um, so Believe and Achieve are going to support the event in the first year okay. or sponsor the event. Baffins will support it. So it will be coming back to Celsius, folks. Hey, I, I just love that that scene of all those thousands of yeah. Santas on the seafront. And the it's, kids, my kids love it. Yeah. So the Santa suits are already in. We've already got them in because we had some left over from this year. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. And obviously... Um, yourself and Dawn uh, run the kayaking in the summer as well yeah Dawn's, Dawn's sunset kayaking what a phenomenon that is uh, Dawn bless her she's just had a major hip operation oh right so she's had a hip replacement wow she, very very recently she had that done the day after the Santa run so the 9th of December hence she wasn't around for the marathon okay so you can imagine how busy I was over Christmas walking dogs looking after Dawn yeah she couldn't drive and everything so it was quite a yeah. quite a taxing December mm. uh, January for myself um, but she's on the road to recovery obviously 20 years of kickboxing for her has taken its toll taken its toll yeah. on her but she's she's back into mm. she's frustrated but she's getting she will get back into her fitness oh, Dawn wishing you a speedy recovery from all of us here bless her brilliant and Rob um, I always finish the interview with some recovery run questions do you I, 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 I hope they're not too tricky these, no these are these are just quick fire questions um, your final answer one, one word answers if you want um <laughs> The first no question, comment. No, <laughs> yeah, I will not answer that. First question is: If you had to pick one event uh, to put on in the year, one of your events, well, which one? Which one would it be? If you had, if you had one choice. If I just had one event, yep. to put on, it would definitely be the marathon. The marathon. So the marathon. The in December, December marathon. Yeah. Brilliant. Always the last um, Sunday before Christmas. Fantastic. It, it, is, it is a good event. It is my favourite. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Um, favourite moment that you've had in one of your races. Something that something that sticks out, whether it's a, a win that someone's done or uh, something's happened to you on the on favorite the moment. I think um, we, we, we've got to go back to Dublin. Okay. I trained Paul and Claire Winterford mm-hmm. to run their first marathon. <clears throat> we all wear our Ghostbusters tops. <laughs> yeah. So we we had our Ghostbusters, which was the Ghost Race T-shirts we produced for the ah, Ghost Race. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we all wear those. We all had caps on, and we were running along. And now, bless her, Claire, she looks like a bit of a tomboy. Okay. But there was these comments coming from the crowd going, Good, it's the Ghostbuster boys. Here they come, the Ghostbuster boys. <laughs> so it always kind of stuck there, which is Ghostbuster boys. So you always known as the Ghostbuster boys now. Yeah, we were trooping it along. Fantastic. Did you have all the, all the backpacks as well? Like the, no, the, we no, just no. Had the t-shirts <laughs> and the cap on. Fantastic. Uh, you drink beer? Favourite beer? Uh, Guinness. And you, believe in a cheap ale, of course. I've, I've, which which is southern. You yours is out of date. Um, <laughs> which is South, Southwark Brewery over the hill. Uh, yep. So it's it's uh, cunningly disguised as Old Dick. Okay. So well, Old Dick was the brewer up there. Yep. Yep. Do you know the story? No. No. I don't. no please, please do. Share. Come on, you need to to get in your history. So Keep old it, yep. old Dick was the brewer. Okay. And they named the beer after him at Southwark Ales over the hill. Okay. So we'll, we we kind of dress it up with the believe and achieve label right so okay. they do it for us gotcha okay brilliant can you recommend uh to the listeners a good running or sporting related book or film that you've seen a race book or film yeah something to it could be it could be a sport related book or film anything that you maybe is motivating you or you remember reading um i really enjoyed the film run fat boy run i think that was a brilliant film who's who's in that okay. that's with uh simon Pegg, isn't it and the American guy who's trying to be better than him and he tripped him up. Ah, Do you remember that I film? Think I've seen a I think that's yeah. such a funny film. I, I need to I need to watch and that. I must watch that one 
there's the one with the lady in it now isn't it about a marathon I forget her name is it Brittany runs a marathon I must watch that oh, right. supposed to be I've not seen fun. that either okay. so I like the comedy side of things okay. really I've got two don't I've take got life two. too seriously that's it <laughs> um, what moment in your life are you most proud of I think the three marathons in, in two weeks in 2007 were pretty epic for, for myself um, and a good fun to, time to, yeah a yep. good fun time to think I could actually do that you know I wouldn't be able to do it now because I'm kind of injured again so right. I have retired from marathons back in 2018 when I went and got married on the Thursday and ran the Dublin uh, the Nashville marathon the Nashville, yeah, on the Saturday yeah. like yeah. you do because yeah. it's got to be done was that good lots, lots of um, Elvis Elvis dressed up people and it was good fun yeah. Nashville's a fun if you can ever get to Nashville go to Nashville it's a party city it's really good obviously Dawn did the 5k so yep. she was all done and drunk as a skunk by the time I got back at mm-hmm. 20, to, 20 to 5 but no it's a, it's a it's one of the rock and roll series yeah. so yeah must have been good good Brilliant. marathon how how does Rob relax after one of your one of your events that you put on how do you how do you how do, is there a hobby or anything that you do after that you like to do uh, yes I've taken up golf ah cool so um, it was something that my my grandfather used to play golf many years ago up in Kent at the Wilderness Golf Course, which is a course I've, I've set myself a challenge to to play on that course. So you have to have a certain handicap to be able to play it. All right. Okay. Um, obviously, with onset of my my now knee injury again, um, it's just been able to keep active and, and get out there. So a, a good walk ruined, but a very tough walk mm. uh, with a set of golf clubs around the Goodwood Downs course. Okay. It's a wonderful course to play. So Fantastic. Yeah. understanding the... the the, the the swing and, and there's so much little yeah. little detail to go so I'm getting it? there uh, it's been a couple of day, a couple of years now of, of practicing but just enjoy to get out there and the beauty of Goodwood is you can actually take the dogs on the golf course with you ah, okay, so right. you can have them on the cart with you oh brilliant if they're well well behaved enough and they yeah uh, they're, they're well behaved they don't chase any squirrels or rabbits or okay. or run after your ball and put it in the hole for you my my dad's a big golfer and he lives in Perth in Australia okay and he's it's a golf course there on the west coast called Jundalup that he that he's told me about, and apparently there are crocodiles on the course. Yeah. So um, yeah, he wanted to take me. I was like, no, nah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's uh, you've done a lot of travelling in the world. Uh, what's your favourite place that you've that you've ever been to that you you would visit again? There's so many. It's it's a wonderful world. Um, obviously, enjoy Dublin and Ireland, uh, but America. I think I, d- I do enjoy America. Um, especially the, towards the middle of the, the Texas and Tennessee around that area uh, Phoenix Arizona just a Is that all on the, on the what's called the Bible belt and stuff yeah through that the the Hudson River and all through that okay. area but it's deep, just, deep America yeah, yeah it's a really nice place to go okay. if, if you want to go for some runs I think you the Nashville striders the Nashville striders yeah there's so many things you can do which You've got these storms coming up, haven't you? You've had Kiera. Yeah. So there's actually someone called Kiera Storm on Facebook. And if you go onto Facebook and put Dennis Storm in, you'll find him. He's there. Dennis Storm. <laughs> go and make him a friend because he's coming, <laughs> he's coming this weekend. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, and I always ask the guests just to finish off with, um, have you got any, any, any comments you'd like to finish off with about the running community in Portsmouth? And, and I think the running community in, in Portsmouth is, is fantastic. I think it's grown so much. There's so much diversity in the the characters that are out there running from the you know, the long distance runners to the 
couch to 5Kers. There's so much support for everybody within all the clubs. You know, the, obviously, I'm the events director for Portsmouth Triathletes, um, like Pompey Joggers, Baffins Fit Club, and all the local mm. clubs, which all come together. The onset of social media has created that kind of well-balanced group yeah. that people can actually see what's going on. Mm, couldn't agree more, yeah. Uh, and that's important. I think, you know, we've got the duathlons coming up next weekend. It's classified as the really friendly duathlon series because there are people with 2,000, 3,000 pound bikes parked next to the guy who's just turned up on his first one with a with a mountain bike. Mm, but yeah. they'll still have the same amount of support and respect Brilliant. as each other. And I think that's important mm. to understand that. You yeah. Know, Everyone has their own race to run, but if things do go wrong, then just look at the other guy next to you and, and, and ask yourself, like you're doing here with the podcast, there is a story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah. there's a journey for them, how they got there and, and where they're going to go mm. with that. In 17, 18 years' time, they could be telling the same story that I could be telling now absolutely it, it's, uh, it's that's important so no long may it continue and I think what you've done here with the podcast is brilliant to open it up it's good for me when I'm working hard on a computer mm. trying to sort out transfers yeah. and cancellations deferrals I can listen to someone's other story yeah. and, and relate to it that way I think it's been really good I'm, I'm glad at least somebody's listening to the podcast I'm so listening to fantastic. your podcast you know where I am <laughs> Rob that's brilliant I couldn't agree more um, again just yeah, I share the same feelings with the running community here and I just think it's doing Portsmouth, the world of good. It's getting people active. It's getting people healthy. Yeah. Um, it's it's car. It, it's got a calming nature on the city. I think the running. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Long long may it last as well. No, brilliant. Thank you very much for inviting me down. It's Thank been, so much, Rob. Take, take care. care. You too.